Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Isotope and Native Instruments plugins have been the backbone of the Guitar Nerds podcast for almost the entire 10 years that we've been podcasting. Isotope's Nectar plugins help keep our audio crisp and clear, RX cleans up any artifacts, and Ozone masters each episode, whilst Native Instruments' Guitar Rig is one of the absolute best guitar amp and effects plugins available and helps me demo pedals and guitars without having to set up amplifiers or microphones and still getting great tone. And now... With Black Friday fast approaching, they've put together a whole bunch of great deals. It's Cyber Week, so there's 50% off of loads of Native Instruments plugins, discounts on Guitar Rig itself, and loads of Isotope plugins, and a few bundle deals too. Check it all out at native-instruments.com. Matt. Joe. Matthew. Matt. Matty Matt. Yes, Joe. Well, I've I've got a friend, Matt, um, and you know, I, whenever I'm feeling down, he's always saying to me, "Cheer up, man! It could be worse. You could be stuck underground in a hole full of water." I know he means well. Not not the worst thing to have happened today, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> hello hello dear listener and welcome welcome to the guitar nerds podcast i am your host joe brandon joined this week by matt knight i'm back also not the only person who's back this week <laughs> <laughs> well no yes yes ah oh, political guitar nerds well. turns political no i know nothing about politics and i do not wish to comment but <laughs> <laughs> yes no yeah we'll, we'll we'll leave that one um, but yes, I mean, actually, I am also back because we had a week off. We didn't have a podcast last week, dear listener. I'm very, very sorry. I was going off on tour in France and Spain, and me and JD had planned to do the the roundup of the London International Guitar Show, but um, I, I just didn't have the availability when I, I had... I, I, I've bitten off more than I can chew recently with, uh, with work. It's all going on, Joe. And, uh, it's all going on. Um, it is all going on. Are. I mean, as we'll discuss this this week, there are, uh, all of a sudden, after a year of us constantly saying, well, there's not much being released, it looks like everyone and their mother has released something over the last it, couple of weeks. Which is yeah, good. it feels like there's been a new launch like every other day. Um, yeah. Loads of news, loads of stuff going on, loads of interesting stuff. 
Um, exactly. Lots of things. Yeah, lots of I things. think one of the things um, that shocked me the most, I don't think we're, it's already been fully discussed out there, is uh, the fact that uh, they reckon the Edge has moved away from using amps and has gone to these U- UA. Uh, is that shocking? Uh, well, I just, is it I shocking? Mean, One of the most processed guitar tones in well, the world. But yeah. uh, also, if you watched his last rig rundown, I think he took like nine amps. Like his whole rig is like right. nine amps. You know, the man loves his tone and he's clear, his tech has clearly gone, look, edge. <laughs> I've had enough. Um, I'm 75. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty mad. That or I'd probably pick between that or uh, the fact that everyone thought that Slash was leaving Marshall. <laughs> it's like Mar- <laughs> Marshall's st- stock just suddenly like dropped about 10,000% 10, in value. Um, but he said, no, still going to play Marshall. Just going to have a signature out with someone else instead. Um, Very cool. But yeah, well, we all look forward to the Magnetone collaboration. That <laughs> yeah, that sounds exactly like a Marshall. No, um, <laughs> you never. Did. But Joe, yeah, you've been on, you've been on tour, and you did a guitar show. What was the highlight yeah, yeah. for your time away? Well, well, the guitar show. In fact, dear listener, next week because Matt, you're you're away next week. So next week, me and JD are going to do our roundup of the London International Guitar Show. A little bit late, but we both bought things at the show, and it was a great show. We've got loads and loads. Oh, amazing! We're going to do that then. Um, but yeah, so well, so yeah, I had my had my tour. Did a few shows in France, few shows in Spain. France, as always, is fantastic. I love that country. I love going there. Gigs are always great. The people are always lovely. Um, I love the vermouth that they drink neat and the the liquors that they put in their beers to make them 20% beers. They're great, fantastic. Um, and shows are always good there, so always have a great time. Um, and Spain is always weird. Everyone's always late. I mean, it's a lovely looking place. Everyone's just, you know, watches not 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 spain's uh you know uh, they, they haven't worked those ones out yet but still great shows and a lovely time just you know it's um always weird that's how you always spot a, a tourist on uh on holiday yeah. um is certainly in like spain and italy they're the ones going for dinner at 6 p.m because <laughs> right. no one has dinner that early <laughs> basically <laughs> in any in any european country apart from uh, the uk uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm not not surprised do they actually start shows later is that a thing does it is it sort of a- they do yeah yeah I, I often sort of will um sometimes not but sometimes they do and you know often we, we played uh, our first show in paris uh we were playing a place called le cirque electrique uh, which is a circus in the middle of a sort of bus depot in uh, nice. in the centre of Paris. And uh, it's fantastic, wonderful place. It's got like four venues in there. One of the venues they do actually have circus stuff on and then the other ones are like a bar and a club and right. things like that. So we were playing in a venue there and I think we – I don't think we were on until – 11 o'clock, half 11, and it was our first day. So we'd left Brighton that morning, got the Euro Tunnel, and uh, and got straight there, sat around for hours, uh, trying not to drink too much, and then had to play a show at 11 when we were all absolutely knackered. But, oh, uh, you made it through, it was, though, Joe. And what did you take on tour as a roundup for what was your rig for tour? The gear. So, so it was actually our most slimmed-down rig 
ever that w- that we took. So Tim, our guitarist, was using his JC40, the the Roland Jazz Chorus 40, um, the smaller 210 version of the Jazz Chorus, which is as loud as you would ever ever need an amplifier very loud. to be. They're very punchy, very aren't they? They're very like in your face, if you know what I mean. Lots of treble. Yeah, exactly. But um, he's got one of those on the Boss BAS-1, which is in the Boss Amp Stand 1, um, which is like an angled, a kickback stand. So it can be, it can double up as a monitor for him. And then he'll sometimes have the mic, the amp mic'd up, but often takes a line out. As the line out from the jazz chorus is so very good and very clean and articulate. Um, and so he just had that, which was a very pint-sized, carryable amplifier to take on tour. Uh, unfortunately, we were playing a split of our last three records, which means he needed three guitars for the different tunings mm-hmm. and then a backup <laughs> that could do those. So it was, we did have to take a lot, yeah, of, guitars. Take a lot of guitars, but not anything else. Yeah, he's, he's got one of those... Um, uh, you know, those little three guitar stands where they're all in a circle. They're all... Oh, the oh, Hercules ones. Back. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. So he's got one of those to, to be able to swap quickly live. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that, that for him, despite the extra guitars, was his slimmest setup. I took two Ashdown ABM um, single 12-inch cabinets uh they're part of their neo series so super lightweight just a handle in the top so you can carry them around super easy and then i can stack them and make myself a mini stack and i'm just running the original 500 which is a class d 500 watt super clean head and that's all i'm using that for that just stays flat it's just all the volume well you know i don't turn it up the whole way but i mean it's just mm-hmm. there for clean volume and then my tone is coming from um the my always on pedal which is an ashdown triple shot which is a is, is an, a bass overdrive where you have three bands of eq and then three gains for each of the bands mm-hmm. so you can keep your lows clean and then drive your your mids basically which is nice kind of what i like to do to get that that sort of 70s ampeggy uh, overdriven amp sound yeah Cool. So, uh, so yeah, that for for guitars, that was uh, that was it. So a nice, nice little. And you were head, were you headlining up. the whole time, or mm. was it sort of a mix? yeah, yeah? We were headlining the whole time, um, but yeah, lots of fun, really good. Just always, always great to be playing the mainland of Europe. Obviously, much more expensive, dear listener. If you don't know, for UK bands now to get over into the mainland of Europe post Brexit, we have to pay a which is about 700 quid um which is a a, a fee to uh, basically a visa for bands to be able to play in europe and we're legally not allowed to bring any merchandise either which is really? why we've wow. uh, yeah why we've removed the sort of the footwell in the back of our transit in order to hide <laughs> all the, the boxes of merchandise <laughs> that we take over <laughs> But uh, well, there we go. Yeah. The less said about uh, the current state between <laughs> the illegal the, operations, yeah, the better. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, cool. I'm glad to be back, though, Joe. It sort of it went. I think it was probably only two weeks, but it felt much longer. And I was texting you the other day saying we've got to prep for gear of the year. And with me, we this, t- <laughs> this time last year, I was getting ready to move, so gear of the year was hectic because i was moving house and doing it on a condensed space on my landing in my hallway and uh yeah. this time i'm actually going to be moving house at some point so we actually <laughs> you know a year on we need to work that out but hopefully it's, we'll get that sorted 
sooner rather than yeah. later. It will be, it'll be all right. We'll make it. But yes, it is, uh, it is good to have you back. Great to have you back today because, of course, you know, we, there have been a lot of things that have been released. We're going to try and cover a lot of things in this episode, dear listener. But you've got the, the, the Boss RV200 has come out. That's a, that's a big deal. That's a, that is a big release. The final one, basically, that everyone was waiting for. Everyone was waiting for, indeed. For, for, for years and years. So we've got that to talk about. The Boss BP1W preamp. That is a very exciting news. I've got one. We've got a sound sample of that this week to talk about. Um, so we've got those two boss things that are big. Thorpey Effects, they've just released a salute where a pair of uh, of new pedals. So that that's very exciting. We're going to be talking about those. Hologram Electronics have released a new product just in time for Christmas, uh, just, in, just time to in time to potentially snag that reverb best-selling pedal of the year category, as they want to do. And KMA Machines have also introduced, uh, they've released a new Octave of the Mandrake, which I did the the launch video for we've got a sound sample of that as well so there's a and there's a load of other stuff we're always going to talk about the stupid walrus tuner uh the earthquaker devices or you know the new two notes opus there's so much there is so much to cover a lot a lot indeed so uh yeah where do you want to i guess joe before we do any of that we should dive back into the vintage guitar giveaway that is an excellent point, Matt. We absolutely should. So, dear listener, I've got some results to announce this week. Over the last few weeks, you guys have all been choosing your favourite finish for our vintage um, Pro Shop guitar build. Very briefly, dear listener, if you're not aware, we're building a guitar with vintage guitars, part of their new custom shop, which they're calling their Pro Shop. Uh, we're designing a guitar with you. Each week I'm picking a new feature and then you're voting on it and we're getting closer to having a finished guitar. Once that's built, once that's finalized, Vintage Guitars will build that for us and we'll give it away to one lucky podcast listener. So, so far we've chosen the body shape, um, which, uh, you guys have gone for a an offset, a Jaguar Jazzmaster style body shape. That's what we're going to go for. Then we took a look at colours. Um, everyone suggested different things. So in the first week, I had to have a look at what what colours had been suggested several times and make a little short list of the most popular. I then put the top ranking six into a poll that I put out on um on the Facebook group, the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook, and also to our Patreon listeners over on patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. The top six colours were shell pink, shell pink over sunburst, black over shell pink, purple sparkle, neon pink, and British racing green. Those were the those were the top colours. What, what do you think about those top colours, Matt? Uh, well... I mean, it's no surprise that neon pink was in there. How much we've raved about mm-hmm. it, I think, when we talked about it. Uh, but it's a fine selection. There's a few in there that maybe I am I personally wouldn't choose. But, um, you know me, I'm a pink guitar and I'm away. So probably a bit unfair for me to pick in some ways. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, our, uh, our p- pushing people towards neon pink didn't work at all, Matt. Neon Pink, in fact, got zero votes on Patreon. That is. And, uh, well, who are these Patreon? I mean, surely. Come on, Moke, no, no. you've been here for 10 years. <laughs> surely we've con- we've convinced you by now, but uh, no. Well, it is what it is. Yeah, and it only got 3% of the vote on the Facebook group, so the least voted for colour of all oh. was Neon Pink. Sad times. 
There is a little bit of a controversial winner here. Now, the top three on Facebook were Purple Sparkle, Black Overshell Pink, and British Racing Green. And um, that is exactly the same over on Patreon. Uh, Black Overshell Pink, Purple Sparkle, and British Racing Green were the top colours. But the difference between the top two is what's actually changed the result of this. Now, dear listener, on Facebook, Purple Sparkle won. It received 31% of the vote. British Racing Green, British Racing Green trailing with 29%, 2% in it. Now, over on Patreon, Black Overshell Pink got 16%, Purple Sparkle got 18%, and British Racing Green got a whopping 57% of the vote. Now, don't get me wrong, dear listener, I am taking into account that there are less people voting on Patreon than there are on the Facebook group. But even if I just take the number of people voted and I add them together, despite Purple Sparkle winning on the Facebook group, because of the amount of votes, the popularity of British Racing Green on our Patreon group, the winner and the colour of the guitar nerds Vintage Pro Shop custom build is going to be British Racing Green. I don't think we've ever talked about a green guitar, so I'm, I'm amazed. <laughs> but then again, it is what it is. Um, what it is. Do you know what? And actually, it's a British Racing Green Jazzmaster. That's what we're. And actually, we're I having. tell you, I don't. Uh, I've 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 just googled British Racing Green. Uh, both just direct into Google image search, but also into uh reverb and there's very very little british racing green uh jazz must so you know what we could we could be onto something here joe um we could be onto a, a new a new image for people a new image for the listeners uh certainly that with a taut guard looks incredible so if there's what one custom shop one that i've that i've found <laughs> i do remember that it was quite a nice color for amps actually um there was at one point, I think we had British Racing Green Marshall Class Fives was a limited color at one point. I thought they looked very oh, cool. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think Blues Junior might have come in that color at one point as well. Um, it definitely did with a sort of dark tweed grill cloth. Looked very cool. So yeah, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what it might uh, it might turn out like. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are some there are some lovely examples of British Racing Green Jazz Masters. If you if you just take a a little Google of that, dear listener, so uh, so well worth checking out. So that's where we are, British Racing Green Jazz Master. The thing that we have to choose next, dear listener, is the pickup configuration. Now. We are not going to mess around asking you for options because we know we'll get a million different, you know, tiny little variations. So we're just going to pin them down to the main things. And I'm going to put this up in a poll on both Facebook and Patreon. And next week when I'm doing the podcast with JD, we will announce the winner at the start. So the options we're going to give you are a humbucker in the bridge, two humbuckers, two P90s, a tele setup, a strat setup, a P90 in the neck with a humbucker in the bridge, a P90 in the bridge, or three humbuckers. Those are going to be the options. And you're going to decide, what would you go for out of that, Matt, on uh, on a I, British Racing Green Jazz Master? Do you know what? <laughs> I would... I don't know why this image just popped into my, my mind, but imagine if it had... 
tele-custom control, so four controls, and it had three humbuckers. So you had three volumes and a master tone. I don't know yeah, why. I just like, imagine that. Imagine having four controls on it. So it's like a tele-custom, three humbuckers. A bit like, um, was it? No, the Mischief Maker. Was it Mischief Maker? Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Telly that had a similar... I know that was obviously still a telly, but I can't remember if it was that one that had the Gibson-like... yeah, I think you're right. I'm trying to think. Telly. Mischief Maker, Fender, Telly. No, I can't. Oh, yes, it was Troublemaker. Troublemaker. Trouble that was it. Yeah. Um, which was a Telly. had those four Telly custom controls and then two wide range humbuckers. I, I reckon that would be cool. Three, te- three cool. Telly humbucker. I guess we're getting dangerously close to a John, a John 5. well uh yeah yeah, i've just put telly h h h and uh, the first thing that comes up is uh john five jazz master h h h we've basically at that point then made a 60th anniversary triple telly yeah yeah so uh (laughs) although someone has made one i think this is a bit of a kind of um bitzer parts caster here jazz master with three wide ranges uh and then a switching plate with yeah master volume and two tones looks quite cool uh but yeah very close to the triple telly at that point although that's got the sort of tv jones filtertron style pickups in um but yeah i don't know what about you joe have you got a preference Probably just a P90 in the bridge. Okay. I'd, I'd love the idea of something simple and uh, just a nice P90 in the bridge. That'd be great. I'd go for that. Cool. So you're going simple and I'm going way too complex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, now that we've suggested these things, if this is anything, if the neon pink debacle is anything to go by, uh, no one's going to select either of the options we have suggested. Yes, we will see. <laughs> we'll see. We will we'll see. see. Um, so, yeah. um, uh, 
moving on from the vintage guitars uh, thing, this uh, over the last well, a couple of weeks ago, I got sent a whole bunch of honey picks, dear listener, and they are extraordinarily cool. Um, Honey-pinks.com. If you have not checked them out, you absolutely should. Matt, have you have you checked out honey picks before? I don't know I if, you, I don't if you've ever had. Any. I have not. No, I have not. Picks always, as we know, chicken picks for life. Chicken picks um, for you. Chicken picks. But for these you. look cool because these are like are they half sort of tortex, but also got wood engravings. Some of them do. They actually do such a broad amount. I must have got 10, 12, 15 different types all doing kind of a different thing. They have a couple of series. They have their Royal Jelly and their standard series. And then within that, they have a whole range of shapes and sizes, all given honey or bee-related names, beehive, bumblebee, honeybee, honey jar, hornet, smoker. I'm not sure why that is. Uh, it's because you use a smoker um, to smoke out the bees. You wouldn't yeah. know, Joe, you're vegan. I don't know if you can eat honey. <laughs> yeah, no, I no i can't absolutely (laughs) only evil people eat honey but uh the um the 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 range of of picks is is substantial and yes one of the things that you pointed out matt is um is correct some of the some of the pickups are available with these lovely wooden inlays it's actually an inlay now dear listener i did make a video of these uh picks over on instagram we can check out me going through each of them but Honestly, the the incredible detail of these pickups, like the cast acrylic pickups, I think are fantastic. They have a range of sizes, like six optional sizes. That sorry, six optional shapes, dear listener. Six different unique shapes, and then you can choose a size um, of the of the of the plectrum itself, and then the thickness and the color, which is uh, which is fantastic. You can then choose whether to have a standard bevel, a left-hand bevel, or a right-hand bevel. Just Interesting. attention to detail on customing up your plectrums is something I'm very <clears> into. <throat> and then the grip itself, which is the wooden inlay, um, because it has like a textured finish. There are even a number of different grips that you can choose from. Um, one of one of my favorite types of grip that they do is a, is a completely hollow grip in fact one that has holes much like honeycomb that go the whole way through the plectrum and it means that even on the reverse side that doesn't have the wooden grip Mm. you do have uh, just a little bit of texture to hold on to which is kind of handy but it's amazing really isn't it the finish the level of i mean you know even when we're at guitar summit the amount of people yeah putting their own take on picks and i guess you know dunlop pretty much had the well i mean they still probably do have the majority share of pick sales but you know they were the only picks you could ever buy and and now the the internet is a thing and people could shop online there is you know so much more out there for you to choose from you know from these small brands all doing their own thing and you know who used to say that the original plectrum design was the best one Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers and touring techs in over 50 countries. Pro quality but affordable Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help their guitars look, sound and play their best. 
whether changing strings, setting up your guitar, or detailing every inch of your gear, Music Nomad products are designed and engineered to be their best in class. From top to bottom, each product is so well thought out that it's clear their passion for guitar care is unmatched. With over 100 industry-leading products, it's hard to talk about them all, but some of the favorites are their 100% natural fretboard oil that cleans and conditions your fingerboard like no other, their guitar tech tool sets that can adjust just about anything on a guitar, string changing tools that make changing strings a breeze and actually fun, and they demystified the guitar setup process by developing their new innovative Keep It Simple setup, aka KISS for guitar setups. Their KISS precision gauge toolset comes with easy to follow instructions and many how-to videos anyone can follow to set up their guitar to play and sound great. And last but not least, their recent introduction of a game-changing fret care tool line, which takes fret care to the next level. Make sure you check out what all the buzz is about around Music Nomad, as they truly are redefining and raising the bar in equipment care. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com or follow them on social media with at Music Nomad Care. Absolutely. Well, I'm just extremely impressed with all of these picks. They do everything from something that's more sort of straight-laced, something that's more mm. simple and uh, based on original Plectrum designs right up to sort of crazy, super thick things with these gorgeous wood inlays. They're just great. Attention to detail, quality of workmanship is fantastic. If you're looking for something a bit different or, you know, you, you've bought absolutely everything and you think that, you know, a the going down the the rabbit hole of <laughs> boutique plectrums is for you then honey-picks.com they are extremely cool nice nice well there we yes. go always good to try a new yes. pick you don't use pick for bass though do you joe uh, actually, I do the new on the new polymath stuff. I'm I'm uh, yeah full plectrum for the new polymath for the stuff, whole record. Well, the the new stuff that's not out like the previous record was ninety percent finger style right. but all the new stuff is plectrum now i'm just uh, going through a bit of a punky phase you know playing p bases using a plectrum but i still have to use i still use these ernie ball everlast 0.88 plectrums for that just because i need something that i can uh, stick into in the little scratch plate oh, hole at the top yeah. so that i can move quickly and easily Cannot between put a chicken pick in there <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no exactly uh, exactly and i find to be honest for tremolo picking which is an awful lot of what you're doing on a bass then mm. a thinner plectrum's best yeah absolutely sort of absolutely um staying on the uh accessories thing matt before we delve into all of the cool new releases i want to talk about Oppenhagen, or is it Oppenhagen? <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's that. It's <laughs> it's a play on it's a play on Copenhagen, the uh, the word because it is a Danish company and they are hangers, dear listener. Yes, we're talking about guitar hangers. How exciting is that? J Cross would <laughs> I was be... about to say J Cross's favourite subject. <laughs> yeah, uh, but these are a bit different, right, Joe? These are yeah. they're very stylish. Not you know, exactly. I would say Hercules very practical, not very stylish. No, well, I mean, who really wants a Hercules standing in their wall? They look like they're sort of plastic and they've got orange on them. You know, they're definitely probably, you know, one of the best hangers for looking after your guitar, being robust and doing a good job. But 
you know, it's uh, if you want your room to look like a, a sort of rehearsal space, a studio <laughs> Do you want it to thing, look like a guitar then they're shop. Fine. And I've spent enough time in them. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you want something a bit but more But it's true. Stylish. It's true that there are no hangers for, for anyone who wants something stylish on their wall. Like, you tend to hang a guitar in your sort of spare room, your office, your bedroom. You'd never put it necessarily in your living room because you have nice things there and you, you, you don't want an ugly wall hanger on the wall. <laughs> true, true. That's where, that's where Openhagen have got you covered because these are stylish, cylindrical um, guitar hangers that fold away into the wall as well and become a flat piece of finished wood. For, um, uh, for listeners who aren't in front of a, uh, a computer looking at these, I would say... It's the guitar hanger equivalent of a Stroop waffle. Uh, they kind of, yeah, they, they look like a, a nice toasty waffle that, yeah, basically hangs your guitar in or ukulele because they've got a ukulele one. Um, but yeah, I think the cool thing about this is is that when you pick the guitar off, the whole thing folds away nice and flush into the wall or relatively yeah. flush into the wall. Um, so it kind of makes a nice little, yeah, nice little... St- As you say, I think something that fits in more with the aesthetic of like a um a living room or you know a dining room or something where you might want your prized possession but you don't want a uh, let's face it sorry hercules a big ugly hanger um sticking out of your wall so uh yeah i think it's quite cool they actually make one thing i'm also looking at here for ukulele fans is they make an attachable little ukulele stand that goes onto the base of your uke so you can stand it upright on the floor i actually think that's really (laughs) neat um that is actually quite cool yeah but the wall but they do definitely yeah they they do like a they do an, a whole range of colours so different wood finishes for them and they obviously they do a guitar wall mount for three aside and for six aside. It's um, uh, it's worth pointing out because I'm sure some people are going to ask. Uh, well, how does it protect your guitar? Because obviously you've got foam on Hercules. Uh, these have a nice cork top. Uh, which obviously you wouldn't see because of the angle that guitar sits on, but it keeps the sides of your guitar neck nice and safe. And uh, not only that, you know it won't react with your precious poly finish, which of course was always the problem. And nitro, uh, nitro finish. finish. Sorry, that was always the problem. Always the question we got when we worked in GAC: Will it destroy my guitar so I can come back and shout at you six months later when you've uh, <laughs> you've ruined my my Gibson Custom Shop? And I think these are, I would imagine, being cork nitro safe. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, they look super cool. I'm gonna, I'll do some videos of me trying to yam one into my one of my walls somewhere. So I look forward to that. You can all see. I look forward to that. <laughs> I am the least DIY capable person you will ever meet. The uh, the the one place in my house in my garage when I made that up to be like a video studio a few years ago to do like the, the guitar nerd top ten videos, I I hung some guitars on my wall back there. It's a good thing the camera's far away from that back wall because there are three or four holes in I various places where I tried. And then, yeah. I've definitely done the same. I, I think where my walls were really old, I think one uh, plug just came straight out and I think I'd used the wrong drill bit and I'm like, oh. so it's like I had to try and fill that in and then like <laughs> do a different hole. So that's my biggest fear is messing it up and then being left with a, a hole that you have to to look at and certainly when i'm gonna move soon i'm i'm super nervous about doing any of that stuff because i'm like you know it's gonna be like fresh plaster fresh paint i'm like i just don't want to uh 
don't want to ruin it on day one, if you know what I mean. Inevitably, inevitably, Matt, you will. <laughs> no, I'm just going to have to keep everything on stands. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's uh, yeah, everything. good idea. Yeah, that's the safer choice, which is what I tend to do as well. Keep things on stands. But I am going to try these uh, uh, Openhagen nice. uh, st- uh, wall, wall mounts. We'll see. Nice. I don't think we can go any further, Matt, without starting to talk about at least one of, um, well, we're going to cover them both, but one of the incredible boss releases from this week. It's been a busy little while for you. you you've been releasing a lot of stuff. We haven't talked about an awful Basically, lot of it on the podcast. Uh, a product every like two weeks. Uh, it's been keeping me busy. Um, why don't we start with the one that you've got a demo on, Joe? Because actually, I think this might be one of my favorite bits of this year uh you said to me off air that this might be your gear of the year well be uh the end user feedback the the kind of response we've had from showing this to people in stores and taking it around has been like amazing to be honest this is the boss bp1 booster preamp uh so all made in japan booster preamp and now this is a concept that is perhaps some people would say well trodden many preamp pedals out there many make gooders that we've been talking about for a long time of course exotic ep boost being the main one uh but so many of these preamp or, or booster pedals are based on something like the ep boost or you know kind of you know, maybe just their own character or just a neutral mm. boost. Um, and I tend to find, and I'm sure you agree with me, Joe, is that actually sometimes you don't just want a clean boost. You don't want to make things louder. What you want is a bit of character. So what, a, bit of a little bit of flavor. So what, what we've done is made a booster. So it's got a natural boosting mode, but a preamp pedal that models uh in an analog world the preamps in a ce1 so the classic ce1 chorus ensemble and the re201 and there isn't anything out on the market on the sort of widely available market that we could really see that covers uh either of those certainly in the same box so for people that might not know or have maybe never tried the originals with both the re201 and a ce1 the preamp is on all the time uh and one of the biggest feedback bits we've had is oh my god is this going to help me sound even more like john frusciante because he always has a c1 at the end of his pedal chain it's always split out into two of his marshals and of course whether the chorus is on or off the preamp is always on and i sort of didn't realize until earlier this year how much gain you can actually get out of a c1 or an re201 but for me it's not about the gain it's about the character um and as soon as i plugged it in and i started using it and it's just you know when something just makes everything better like we've talked about make good or sure. pedals before and i think you said many 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 moons ago it's just more volume you know when you've got one of those pedals actually is it just because it's louder does it just do you perceive it to be better just because you're hearing it at more volume? Because obviously ramp sounds better if you turn it up, for example. Whereas I really found this just gave a warmth to the whole signal that was beyond anything that I'd really plugged in before. And I'm not just saying that to be biased or because of my position. I, I generally think it's just, it's tons of character 
in one really simple box like hands down you know great and and a really nice sort of low mids bump and a lot of saturation really handy to have a level and a gain control as well because it allows you to push it a little bit that's not something you'd get on with the ep booster or like the mxr micro amp which are you know probably the other more popular versions of this or even things like you know one of our favorites the uh, ground control audio amateuratsu amateuratsu yeah yeah. or uh, even the well i mean obviously we loved you know, ten years ago, the Pigtronics Class A B boost, uh, Class A yeah. boost. Um, but again, I think a lot tends to be very neutral, very flat. Um, yeah. And I think you're right. I think for me, and I, I bought an EP boost actually earlier in the in the year, um, and it actually had been modded to have all of the internal switches on the outside. And I, the, the more I used it, the more it's just like. I've got to turn it up to a point where I don't, I just couldn't really dial it in. I was like, you've just got that one volume control where this, you can sort of gain in, dial the gain in where you want it. And then you've got the level control for an overall, um, you know, level set. And I run mine after all my drives, but just before my delays. And I just leave it on all the time because I didn't want it in front of anything because I didn't want it to add more gain to any of the changes your drives. But what I did want it to do is, so I use an SDE 3000, which we launched this year as well, which is probably my favorite delay pedal for a very, very long time. I just adds a bit more warmth and character to that. It adds a bit more warmth and character to the microcosm, which again is, is a great sounding pedal, but perhaps, you know, it is very digital. It's a micro looper, just gives it a bit more of a, dare I say, analog flavor to everything in your, in your signal path. I just, hands down, I think it's, to me, if I was going to say, if someone was like, I want to spend a couple of hundred quid right now, what could I buy that I would re- I know I'll really enjoy? I'm like BP one because I think it could be used in so many different styles in so many different ways. It's not just like a glitchy delay pedal for you know ambient people, or it's not just a high gain metal pedal for metalheads. I think this can fit into so many rigs. And realistically, and you will know, Joe. So many times you go into the studio record. It's probably like an RE201 in the outboard anyway that a bunch of stuff is run through. And part of that yeah. sound is the preamp. Um, so for me, it's a, it's a really, really good pedal. And coming in at, what, 150, I think it's, what, 159 quid, I think. Yeah. Um, so. so still at the reasonable end of effects pedals. Yeah, I think for me, the thing that I really liked about it, of course, I, now we're going to listen to a demo, dear listener. I play guitar in the demo, but... Um, I've I've really liked this for application towards bass as well because not only as Matt says does it excite things and add saturation and gain, it's it also has the ability to offer quite a lot of clean headroom mm. whilst still um, adding character. Um, and where that's use, useful for bass players is, for example, I have for the longest time used a Sansamp. Um, VT uh, DI uh, as the as my preamp last pedal in my effects chain and it sounds fantastic you can give it that edge of breakup SVT style sound you can make any class D head sound like that it's a brilliant pedal the problem is when you start running overdrives into it which I inevitably am going to Mm. do 
because you're already adding sort of an, an analog gain in pedal form, it just slams the front end of the pedal and you end up struggling to use overdrives effectively alongside. So fantastic on its own, difficult when coupled with other overdrives. Yeah. Um, without having to sort of turn it off. And then, anyway, it's just tricky to use. The great thing about this is that it gives you some tonal character. So if you're just going into a clean class D amplifier that tends to be a bit uh, anemic sounding, running something like this gives you that that warmth, that sort of lower mids bump, I don't know, and Mm -hmm. a little bit of that, uh, that grittier sound, that more vintage tone. But with... But when you run drives into it, it doesn't slam it enough that it changes the voicing of the overdrives mm. very much at all. So just a really useful, slight exciter for clean tones for bass players, I think. I it's, agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, just for me, I'm totally... Ev- and everyone in my team who's had one, everyone who's taken around, plugged it in, everyone's like, yeah, it makes a real difference to the overall sound. It's really top notch so you might have seen it and you might have been it's not very exciting but i can tell you it's one of those things that once you plug it in you definitely will feel i think you'll really feel it here at guitar nerds we are massive fans of string joy guitar strings and you should be too strings are such a fundamentally important part of being a guitarist and a guitar nerd which you all are yet often when it comes to strings we overlook them we spent years just buying the handful of standard sets out there instead of seeking out the same quality we look for in our guitars, effects and amps. Scott at Stringjoy and the Stringjoy team are massive nerds about guitars and guitar strings and they've worked very hard to create extremely high quality sets of electric, acoustic, bass and mandolin strings both in a broad range of gauges and the unique option to custom design your own set which has frankly become an essential for me to explore alternate tunings and try new things. Stringjoy strings are available at stringjoy.com and at 400 plus dealers across the globe. If your local store doesn't stock Stringjoy yet, ask them to. Yeah, yeah. What's the difference between the CE and the RE tonally, the two preamp options? For me, um, CE1 tends to be a bit brighter, a bit sharper. Right. It's got a bit more raspiness to it. Um, mm-hmm. If you ever crank up a CE1, it's kind of got that sort of top-end chime. It's very bright, where the RE tends to be much fatter, warmer, more bassy. Um, I actually put mine in the CE mode because I kind of like that sort of raspiness, that more top end to it. Keep the gain down and then set the level. Um, and I, I I don't set it so... I kind of dial it in so realistically when it's on, you're not getting a lot more level, but you are getting all of that character. Um, uh-huh. And I have it set to the vintage buffer mode. So it's always running through the vintage buffer. Um so the vit so depending on which buffer mode you set it on that's what buffer mode or buffer the signal runs through when the pedal is on when it's off it's always running through the standard buffer uh but the right. vintage input buffer just has a slightly different tone and response character to a kind of more modern buffer uh so yeah i would recommend it's kind of it is kind of subtle but it it does make a difference in in the feel i think um sure, sure. 
but yeah, I go for the CE mode, uh, as we say, sort of bright bell-like character with tight low-end response. If you want the official, uh, if you want the official <laughs> line where RE is sort of fatness and warmth in lower gain settings with increasing saturation as the controller's turned up. I mean, you could use this as a really cool vintage drive. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I did find it didn't work so well with my Blues Junior. Mm. I felt like, um, I'm not sure, I don't know how well it worked with Fender. Well, Fender amps just don't drive well anyway. Like, you, you need something else. I think else sometimes it there. depends on the input and headroom of the amp that you're running into. Um, yeah. You know, and again, it's about finding that sort of sweet spot on that natural position, really, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. You know, because I would imagine that for me, uh, although you were saying, you know, Tim was out on, on tour with a JC40. For me, I've always found that those sort of pedals into a JC because it's so clean. There's so much headroom. But, yeah. you know, if you dial the gain down, you're using the level, you're just getting a bit of the character out of it. Then, you know, that's a great, that's, that's what it's great for, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a really good pedal. I, I mean, I really like a Make Gooder anyway, and this is, a great mate gooder and it's lovely <coughs> to have boss in the sort of market of a mate i know gooder. i know is, after no, all know. this time but yeah for me <laughs> i would say if anyone's out there thinking of christmas um thinking of something that gives a bit more analog warmth to all of their other pedals on their pedal board especially if they've got some cool analog pedals this is definitely one to add a bit of bit of character uh, and I don't Absolutely. think it will. Uh, I don't think it will be leaving my pedal board anytime soon, Mr. Branton. No, I, I am unsurprised by that statement. Let's uh, let's give it a little listen, anyway. So in this sample, it's just like I think there's a, there's two guitars, one just thickening up underneath with the pedal off. Actually, um, uh, it will be the pedal off for the first little bit. You'll hear me click it on, and uh, and then about halfway through, I flick from the re to the ce but i doubt you're going to hear that because the difference is so sort of subtle and you know we're, the, you're listening to something that's been <laughs> sort of you know recorded mastered pumped into another piece of recording software and into your ears dear listener so the, that difference will be subtle but nonetheless i hope you can appreciate that this is a fantastic sounding pedal um i'm using this with a kind of edge breakup amp and i think it's just to show how it excites that front end of the amplifier as well and just adds just lovely detail and texture and warmth to your tone That is the uh, the Boss BP1W. Very cool. Thank you very much, Joe, for your wonderful demo. 
<laughs> that's all right that's all right but yeah great addition brilliant pedal i'm excited about it oh gear of the year is going to be hotly contested now over the you last better start while. um you better start Ooh. actually putting some um some lists together <laughs> because uh, there's a lot of stuff uh, yeah, that that is a good idea. I should do that sort of thing. The only thing that's stopping me from um, from putting a list together is that we have the best listeners in the world, and um, I was uh, I was contacted a couple of weeks ago by one of our podcast listeners, uh, the wonderful Thomas Adelgren. Am I saying that right? Let me know, Thomas. Um, Anyway, he he has basically got a bunch of the other lis- listeners together, and they've put together a list for me. Oh, <laughs> God, Mark, so, before you know it, we won't even be doing our own podcast. <laughs> I would love that. Does anyone want to buy guitar nerds? Yeah, I'll sell it yeah. to you. Pay us off. We're going guys. to sum it up in Hawaii for two days, and then yeah, that'll be right. it. All our money gone. Um, yeah, we'll be on a beach earning twenty percent. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, oh, that's great. Well, I look forward to. Um, I look forward to actually seeing what came out this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be a really, really hotly contested year. There are so many things that I am very excited about. I really yeah. don't know how it's going to go. Yeah, it's, it's I'll tell you what's going to be time. interesting. The amp category. Because I know last year the amp category was, you know, well, we ended up putting high-end modelers and stuff in there. At, yeah. It, you know, realistically are what, there any amps what have we seen from amps this year who's making amps i mean anymore? for me i think the only thing actually that i've seen this year which i've used extensively and love is the silk tone micronaut i think it's one of the only yeah, things well. i've seen uh that that really jumps out to me as something that was a significant launch this year yeah. it's a, it's an interesting change in in how things are going even you know for for ashdown this year is the first year since whenever it was 1993 mm. i think that, that that they started first year that the um smaller combination amplifiers the studio series which is their class d combos have outsold their flagship abm solid state stuff right big stuff the heavy stuff yeah you know because that was always the thing for ashdown they were always uh you know, sure they sell in shops to the to the kids and the small bands wanting to buy the lightweight stuff, but I think the bulk of their sales are going to big touring bands and things like that. They, they sell a lot of big rigs, mm. you know, and and do a lot of things like that. And this year, for the first year, best selling stuff is uh, all the you know the like the things like the Ant, which is their two hundred watt power amp that goes on your pedal board, yeah, and uh, and combo amps, little lightweight things, class D things, um, smaller things. What did you say? On tour, you were the only band that oh, used yeah. amps. One of the only bands, yeah. One of the only bands. Now, there were a couple of exceptions. Should we played with some, like, a uh, um, very doom metal band that, of course, turned up with uh, two 412s for the guitar of player. Course. And the bass, the bass player, upon seeing my two... 112 setup was like oh i don't know if i can use an amp this small (laughs) he was fine of course he was (laughs) he he had a minute but uh yeah other than those guys most people were using modelers i most bass players turned up with an hx stomp and went to front of house with an hx stomp hx stomp seemed to be the bass players go to and that's just testament to how good line six have been at making at making bass patches just better than anyone else. Well, there you go. And yeah. And yeah, on the guitar front, 
Kempers were the most popular thing, and then an even split of Neuro DSP and Helix outside of that. But Kemper dominating uh, in Europe. Well, there we so, go. Certainly at the shows I was at. Right, where are we going to next on on news, Joe? Well, shall shall I do my one, and yes. then we'll do the RV two hundred yes. after that. Let's do that. Yeah? Let's do that. Let's do that. So KMA Machines, dear listener, you might know I've worked with them for, I don't know, a year, something like that now, um, maybe a little more. Um, they've just released their a new pedal, the Mandrake Octo Shrieker. I got to make the video for it, which you can watch on YouTube. I also shared it on the Guitar Notes Facebook group. When I say Octo Shrieker, it is an octave up fuzz. It's actually inspired by their Moya Maya, which is uh, an octave pedal which gives you two different octaves down, one and two, and then an octave up with a fuzz on it, on excuse me, on individual foot switches, so that you can um, you can control those ind- individually and blend them. Uh, this is just this is a modified version of that octave up fuzz, but given extra controls. So you have a dry signal and an octave up signal. The dry signal is great because it means that this actually is very usable for bass players as well if you just want to make sure your low end stays through. But also, if you want to add like a drive pedal in front as a guitar player and, you know, or something, some other tonal flavoring in front without the octave up fuzz dominating that tonal sound, you can blend that in, which is quite a nice feature. Then the two other controls are a filter and a timbre control, which basically control, one of them controls how crazy, how outrageous that octave up is or how tight it can be and sort of 8-bit um, ring mod-esque. Then the filter control is uh, is like the... Um, uh, or the other way around, sorry. And then the, the timbre control is like the drive on the octave up. So you can have it very clean or you can have it very crazy and driven. So pretty versatile for an octave up fuzz pedal. It's got a lot, uh, yeah, that works. A lot going I think on. that's about several controls more than, <laughs> than most because most are basically <laughs> just... Here's your sound. Here's your sound, or one, yeah, blue or box. none. MXR blue box. Um, so I think it's quite cool that you can, you know, certainly having the filter on there, certainly having the octave up control on there, and the dry blend, um, yeah. because there isn't really anything on the market that allows you to do that. So setting the clean mix, certainly, because I think, you know, when you go sort of like further up the neck, neck pick up, and you get those kind of ring modulator type vibe, it's nice to be able to have a bit of... Um, it's nice to be able to have a bit of clean signal just to help you cut through, yeah. certainly in a live mix, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, you know, also at the same time, being able to defeat that completely and just have the octave up on its own, mm. you know, without any supporting, uh, you know, sort of a standard tone is fantastic. Just, uh, I thought, really versatile for what it was. Nonetheless, I did find when I was using it, I was basically trying to make it sound like an MXR blue box anyway, but it's all the controls are there <laughs> if you want to make it sound like something yeah. else. But um, it was very good. I'll play a little sample from it so you can hear it. This uh, this is going to be a complete track, dear listener, that I did put together and put out on the video. But uh, give it a listen. You'll hear I'm doing a couple of different things with this pedal. It is great.
okay. It's got a very, um, very Jack White kind of vibes about it. I like it. Yeah, yeah, that is also my sloppy playing, but the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like it as, as an octave up fuzz, to be honest, having something that I can actually tailor a little bit more. That, that's kind of it, isn't it, dear listener? There's not that much to say about an octave up fuzz, but actually being able to control and shape that octave up tone a little more than most octave up fuzzes is really, really useful. Yeah. And, uh, so it was a very cool sounding pedal. Indeed. Um, I mean, so, I like I like the yeah. old. It's very difficult though for me to replace my Boss FZ2 Hyperfuzz. Unfortunately, does that have an octave up fuzz? Well, it's on it? based off the Shinai fuzz uh, from the right. '60s, which has got that. If you certainly get a bit more of the gain on one of the modes, it's got that kind of octave up thing. Not as much as that though. Um, yeah. A little bit more of that sounded almost like it. It's got a much cleaner, but slightly more. Well, no, it's almost like a whammy type thing. Obviously, the whammy's got that kind yeah. of glitchiness, non, you know, monophonic type thing, which that kind of has. Um, yeah, definitely. That feels more like an up- octave up effect with a bit more fuzz rather than a fuzz with a bit of octave up in the background, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That is exactly what it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, same for me. I don't think the favorite fuzz is still going to go to the high watt custom shop filter fuzz for me and uh um i really love the great eastern effects co focus fuzz the silicon version that that is uh that's oh, a tough pedal yeah. to beat no, that'd be something we'll definitely tough be talking about in gear of the year i think oh yes of course we we will do indeed that did come out this year we'll see we'll see how it goes so let's uh let's make the last thing we talk about this means that all the other things the hologram chroma thorpey effects pedals the the weird tuner with backgrounds the zor the two notes opus those are the thing opus rather those are the things that we're going to um we're going to be talking about over on patreon because matt we have to talk about the boss rv200 and how it's taken (laughs) i had that question a few times i've got no official answer um (laughs) yes the the 200 that everyone's been waiting for the rv200 um so the rv200 is part of the 200 series if you're not aware the 200 series from boss is our sort of i guess we would say simply sophisticated pedal so imagine a kind of uh, size and a half of a normal compact with multiple algorithms, uh, stereo in, stereo out, where applicable. Um, but no no menus. There are menus if you want to deep dive into the kind of retro um, LCD display, but effectively six controls and then a, a kind of control for setting your algorithms. And the RV200 is no different. So 11 reverb algorithms a parameter control which changes depending on which algorithm you're in high and low controls for eq and then you've got uh, level pre-delay and time up to 10 seconds uh, decay on all of the reverb modes or most of the reverb modes 10 seconds sounds very generous it is very generous um yeah so you can get some really big expansive reverbs out of it it does your classic room hall plate spring uh, and then obviously we've got the sort of uh, a Quite a few algorithms ported from the RV500, Shimmer, uh, Slow Verb, de- Plus Delay, Modulate, uh, Gate, Reverse. So you've got some of those more sort of more special effects reverbs in there. And a brand new algorithm specifically just for the RV200 called the ARP Verb, which adds an Ooh. arpeggiator uh, underneath your reverb. So where you've got Shimmer, you've kind of got that octave up thing 
Um, mm-hmm. This adds basically a arpeggiator that's triggered by the notes that you are playing. So very cool, very um, sort of sort of inspired by the SY. Yes, series, it's got I that imagine. kind of, and you can speed up or slow down. I really like the slow verb because you can take all of the dry signal and you get this kind of almost like a slow gear swelling of your reverb sound. Oh, that sounds um, lovely. Stereo in, stereo out, um, and then you've got like a hold mode as well as a memory button on there as well so for me i think the winner for this the kind of person for this is someone who's got a small rig or a big rig who's got midi switching doesn't want to deep dive into menus but maybe wants a few different reverb sounds or even if they're not using midi but just needs to go between a couple of different reverb sounds you might have a strymon cloudburst or a strymon flint or you know plenty of the other great reverb pedals out there uh think of like walrus slow for example for ambient stuff but you tend to have astral destiny yeah you tend to have like two or one reverb sound that you might dial in or something you might mess around with but you also need a spring sound occasionally or uh, a small room and that means you have to have another reverb pedal and this is everything combined you know on the face of it with no midi you've got four presets and a manual mode on midi you've got 128 227 presets um and it just gives you everything that you could want in a small package that's, what, 259 quid, I think? Um, very good. Very aggressively priced, considering the type of pedals it's competing with, um, you know, yeah. uh, Strymon, Meris. Very much trying to be a pedal that gives you a lot of bang for your buck. That's that's yeah. the idea here. Uh, of course, if you want simplicity, we still make RV6. RV6 has got some great sounds in it. If you want more complex, you can go RV500. And there's some great big reverb pedals out there. You know, Strymon, Big Sky being one of them, of course, one of the all-time greats. Um, but sometimes you don't want that. Sometimes you want something perhaps a bit smaller, a bit more uh, dainty, but not no less feature-packed. And saying. you don't have there's not MIDI on the RV6. Or there anything. is not. No, no, no. no. So uh, the comp- is, do you ever put MIDI on your compact? MIDI, yeah, on, MIDI compacts, on your compact. RC5 for MIDI sync, SL2 for MIDI sync. Um, so there's a there's a couple out there for 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 syncing to for MIDI for MIDI clock, but no, no. not not for not for patches. So the 200 is what you need if you want to really take advantage of the different algorithms. Yeah, exactly. So I guess you're looking at the difference. RV6 is 159 quid, so it's a hundred pounds difference, really. Yeah, you know, and I think you get a lot for for that, a lot, a lot more for that. Yeah, so, it's uh, extremely cool. yeah, very very What's, cool. Uh, What's your go-to reverb on your pedal board at the moment? 6M78, which is not really a, f- oh, of course, a fair... Yeah. Well, actually, I would say 6M78 is not... Li- in some ways, it's limited because you've only got three reverb types on there, but obviously very, very deep dive. I mean, it's great that it's got flying faders, but not that I ever really care about <laughs> the flying faders at all. Sure. Um, you know, and I guess their more recent one, the reverb system that we saw, maybe we touched on briefly that was launched recently, obviously much more deep dive and it's got loads of their other Meris effects in it, like their Hydra and, yeah. and all their sort of pitch detection ones. But for me, I kind of like a really sort of simple, expansive reverb. And then I've got like the hologram for doing other stuff. 
Um, but actually, that's part of one of the reasons. I mean, I love the reverb sounds in the H9, but part of the re- one of the reasons I'm excited to try this Line Six HX One. Yeah, you know, again, I yeah. you know, we could that's do my a, gear with you. We could do a whole podcast on this, but I'm amazed the amount of people that hate that product. What is it? Getting it's hate? getting hate. People are like, it's too expensive, oh. and I'm like, it's two hundred and fifty quid. And they're like, oh, it only does one effect at once, and I'm like, but wait so does like everything else <laughs> i'm just like if you've got a midi rig and I, I, I to me the only other option that covers that much basis that many effects is the h9 and it's double the and and now really the h90 but the h9 max it's over double the price and you have to connect it to an app to edit it properly it is because people don't know how to use MIDI, Matt. I, I, yeah, I just, I don't, I, I just don't know. But it's been getting a lot of hate purely because of the price, and because people right. are like, it, it doesn't do enough for the money. And I'm like, well, well, I you should know, dear listener, that I will be voting for it and using all my veto power for anyone who goes against uh, the uh, HX. Yeah, I, I too will be putting a vote behind that, just because. I mean, it's maybe we'll save it for a gear of the year, but uh, it's sort of. You know, okay, maybe it's not innovating, but I definitely think it's catering for a, a good market. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in a few weeks, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We shall do. We shall do. Now, we haven't nearly managed to cover all the other things uh, that were in the news, dear listener. As I said, we wouldn't. So Matt and I are going to head over to Patreon right now, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. If you haven't signed up to be part of our guitar nerds community, then why not give it a go, dear listener? You can head over there. It's got all the information you'll need on how to sign up. You can do for as little as a dollar a month, but it's at the $5 tier where you'll get access to all our Patreon exclusive episodes, all bajillion of them that we've recorded <laughs> over the last decade. Um, but yeah, we're going to go over there. We're going to talk about all these things that, you know, it's Opus, the Earthquaker devices, Zor, this weird Walrus Audio canvas tuner, um, the Thorpey effects pedals, maybe this Chroma console. We'll see. We'll see how much we get through but we're going to head over there right now so do join us dear listener don't forget to vote when you see the polls for the uh, vintage guitar pickup configuration let us know what pickup configuration we need to go for and then next week i'll announce the winner of that and we'll be nearly there we've only got to choose like the neck and everything and then matt and i are going to choose all the other little bits so that you know we can take some control of this absolute monstrosity that you lot are building <laughs> we'll see we'll see how it goes but um uh in any case uh, we'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery farewell goodbye very much you wonderful people thank you especially to our ten dollar top tier patreon backers very soon some of you will be receiving your goody bags but for now thank you very much to nicholas strom rocket rob patterson marcus deluxe suresh dorsonic pickups rob witherden chris franklin anton fryant russ Meehan, barry gresbick steve davis daniel walker John Conaway, Russell Healing, Yogi the Guitarist, Ty Allen, Kyle Harris, Sean Hughes, and 
Andy Huffler, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Dan Pilver, Brian Einsler, Dylan Griffiths, Mark Izzow Kadawaki, Eric File, Peter Pesce, Andy Manley, Joe Puttick, Blake Wyland, Phil Radomski, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Wharton, James Storr, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Losef, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Rob Nordvik, Scott O'Brien, and Moog Gravit. 